see you all. Hey, isn't that a great new song? Yeah. yeah. Look, I think we just need just a, a fraction more enthusiasm here this morning, all right? So, isn't that a great new song? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to the front row. You guys are doing awesome. It's good to be back here in the, in the pulpit this morning. And, um, you know, we were here last week, but I uh, just want you to know, Cheryl and I had a, a, a great few weeks away on leave. Uh, but it's true that this is our family and, uh, you know, there's nothing like coming home. So uh, it's good to see you all. There's a couple of things I just want to quickly touch base on before we get into the word today. The first thing is you've seen these guys advertising the trivia night week after week now for like a month. I want to just encourage you all to come to that. Because, you know, this year we haven't had much time to get together and just hang and, and have fun together, have we? You know, we're just to socialize and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So you can register at the back of the auditorium at that table back there. There'll be a youth leader there. And uh, if, you, if you don't have a team of eight, don't worry about that. Just register. They will find people for you to join, and it's going to be a great night. So that was December the 4th, I think, if I remember rightly, but looking at the announcements this morning, trivia night at the church. All right. Level of enthusiasm? Yeah! <laughs> Fantastic. Keep going like that. Today at 3 o'clock, okay, you don't have to be so enthusiastic about this, but I'm happy for it. I'm excited about it. We're going to have a membership oh, information yeah. time yeah, in the office. Uh, and if, if you've already let me know you're coming to that, we look forward to seeing you there. But if you haven't, that's okay. You're still welcome to come along if you'd like to be a member of Hills Church. 3 o'clock in the office. Maybe just let me know just so... I know that you're coming. That'll be fantastic. It'll only go for about an hour and a half-ish, okay? And uh, that'll be great as well. Lastly, uh, a couple of weeks back, you had Mission Sunday while I was away. We watched it online. It was really good. And, uh, you know, church, wow, I'm just so excited about what God's doing here this year. For our Mission Sunday, we have brought in $18,000 to go towards our missions budget this year. Yeah, why don't you put your hands together? We are definitely going to hit our missions budget this, this financial year. In fact, we're going to exceed it. And you just need to know, when we exceed it, don't stop giving because every dollar you give to missions goes to missions, okay? We don't hold on to any of that. And um, wouldn't it be great for us to continue to bless our missionaries with more than what we told them we're going to give them? Like, you think about these guys, a lot of them, um, they don't live on a lot, which is good. They, they feel called to do that and, and God provides. But what a blessing it would be if... Um, they were surprised with some extra funding coming their way. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that blessing. Thank you that we can be a blessing. Last Sunday marked 10 years since I started working here in this church. (laughs) I quit my old job, and I began to serve here, full-time. And I'll tell you no lie when I, said I, ha- when I say I-, I had no thoughts of being your lead pastor <laughs> at that time. My thinking at the time was um, a little scared, but also that I would get in, support the pastor at the time. That was Pastor Lex. He's still a mentor of mine today. In fact, he was here last week. You know, we were going to do some great stuff together. I wanted to sort, support him, work in the background, bring some of what I've learned in the business world into the church to help it function in, in, in different ways. You know, I saw all the challenges of a, of a lead pastor, and I thought, well, that's definitely not for me. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe I thought, that, I'm not that kind of person. But God had a different plan. 
It was a slow plan. Actually, I was the slow one. (laughs) But it was a plan. And slowly the fire burned hotter and hotter. You know, there was a growing passion for the church, for, for you, for us, to love God more and, and to reach other people and to support the vulnerable in our, in our neighborhood. There was an increasing concern and an increasing love for the ministry. And God started to renovate my thinking. You know, I identify with Moses and Gideon, and maybe you do too. When God says or calls us to do something, and our first response is, it can't possibly be me. I'm not good enough. You know, I love those two guys. And they weren't the only ones in the Bible. God patiently helped them to change their thinking, and he did the same thing for me. And with his leading and prompting and the Holy Spirit's power, I'm still on that journey, but I'm grateful for where God has brought me, what he's, what he's done up here. It was that change of thinking that actually has it's led me to be here, standing here today. And so today I want to talk about this, our minds, specifically how we think. It was something that, you know, while we were on leave I was thinking about, I was thinking about thinking, okay, which sounds weird, but I, I was just processing this idea of how I think, because here is the truth, the kind of person we become is a reflection of the way we think, or let me go a little bit further, where we end up in life, that too is a reflection of how we think. Now, this sermon is not some kind of feel-good, self-help exercise, okay? Although it it could be. No, this is biblical. Let me show you. This is a verse you all probably know well. In Romans 12, chapter 2, this is what Paul said. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, who here today wants to be the person that God's calling them to be? Who wants to experience the new life to the full that Jesus always talks about? Who wants to learn to know God's will for you? How you think is an important foundation to experience those things. So we're going to spend a few weeks in this passage. Now, church, you need to hear this. You know, transformation or or holy living is not a magic act. You know, it's true that you're a new creation when you put your faith in Jesus. It's also true that God has the power to release you from bondage and he does heal your mind But it's almost always up to us to make the decision to change and follow through with discipline and commitment. I'm sorry, but that is the truth and fact of life. And the first place to start that change is to start changing the way we think. I don't think I can beat that plover today. I'm just wondering if we can shut that back door, please. He is going to town. (laughs) Notice I say he. (laughs) 
It's a daily exercise of mind renovation. You know, I'm not talking about brainwashing. I'm not talking about not living in reality. I'm not talking about ignoring your, your feelings. I am talking about dispensing with the unhealthy thinking that often dominates our mind. You know, Paul calls it the behaviours and customs of this world. That's what infiltrates our minds. You know, worldly thinking instead of godly thinking. Godly thinking is aligned with truth. And church, truth brings life. It sets us free. Worldly thinking generally dominates or centres around the lies of the devil, but also sinful motivations and self-centeredness. And those things, that kind of thinking that comes from those places leaves us to bondage. But that's not what Jesus wants for us. This is what he said in, in John 8, verse 31. You, truly, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know, you have to know the truth, and the truth, the truth will set you free. Not the patterns of the world. The truth of Jesus will set you free. So changing our thinking to know, know, and accept God's truth and not lies of the world, that's the path to freedom. The opposite of that is the path to bondage. Now let me give you some examples of that, that bad kind of thinking. You know, Chris, one of our counsellors, she calls it stinking thinking, right, just to make it easy for us to, to remember. That kind of thinking is thinking that I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not good enough for God to be a pastor. I'm not good enough for others. That's a lie. A lie from the devil. Thinking that I haven't done enough for God. I haven't done enough to be saved. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because Christ has done enough. On a different track of worldly thinking, thinking that maybe I know best. You know, I need to always be right. That thinking is self-centered. That does not set us free. Thinking thoughts of judgment and condemnation on others. You know, that, that person has little worth. That worldly thinking is not godly thinking. And it doesn't set us free. Paul's got some more to say on this topic. We're staying in Romans, but I'm actually going back to chapter 8. Here's what he said. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. You know, sometimes we, when we talk about sin, we always think of the big ones. Well, I don't murder, steal, um, sleep around, or whatever it is. Sinful things is a wide range. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And then he goes on to say, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But did you see verse 6? Life and peace. Well, who wants more life and peace? Yeah. 
me too. Life and peace flows out of how we're thinking. We need to be constantly renovating here. So today we're talking about renovating the mind for life and peace. Here's the first point I want you to know. Number one, it's my responsibility. Not my responsibility for you. You know what I'm saying, right? It's your responsibility for you. It's my responsibility for me. No one else can change the way we think. We actually have to own it. We have to take that responsibility. Your mind and the way you think is a battlefield. And each and every one of us has to take personal responsibility for that battle. Now, I just want to add a a small little caveat in here. There are times when we need professional help. Because sometimes this, this organ up here, this really big organ, is not that healthy. And just like any other organ in your body, when things aren't functioning in a healthy manner, you go and see a professional. I am all for that. And that's the same for all of us. And if you need that, you should do that. But today I'm talking in general. In general, every single one of us has the responsibility to control or take control of our thoughts. Because Paul is pointing towards the fact that what goes on up here is the key to to transformation and life and peace. Now, if Paul is right, and I have no reason to doubt it, the default human position is to be controlled by our sinful nature. He doesn't explicitly say it in that passage we just read, but hey, just go read Romans and you'll find it. In other words, because of the fall of man, the default human position is sinful, and therefore our default position is often unhealthy thinking that comes from that about others and about ourselves and about God. You know, by default, we tend to think poorly of others. By default, I'm saying because of the sin nature that we all inherited, we tend to think poorly of others. By default, we tend to think selfishly. By default, we tend to fight to get our way. By default, we tend to be judgmental and critical. Godly thinking doesn't just happen by default. As well as that, there, there can be a tendency to think badly about ourselves. You know, by default, we think we're not good enough, not smart enough, not good-looking enough. By default, we tend to struggle to forgive ourselves, even that we've been forgiven by God. You know, our bad thinking can lead us to bring harm to others instead of life to others, harm to ourselves instead of life to ourselves. You know, we, we move away from life in peace because of the way we think. Our bad thinking holds us back from receiving the truth and the reality of our state before God. You know, if we've called on his name, that's what the scripture said, if you believe in your heart and and confess with your mouth that, that Christ rose from the dead and he is your Lord, you will be saved. So what is your state before God? It's righteous. You are declared right. But does your mind agree? And receive all of that. And all these examples, we have to take action to stop the wrong thinking, to renovate. It's not just the pastor's job. We have to do it ourselves. The Holy Spirit has a vital role as well. But it begins with us taking responsibility for the way we think. And of course, submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit to overcome those thoughts is is part of that. 
the default sinful thinking can change. I just want you to hear that. Even though I've just told you that that's the default human position, it can change. Christ rose from the dead. The power of sin is broken. We can change. Number two, changing the way we think opens the door to God's transformation. You know, when we believe what is true, what is right, we really are opening that door to God doing the work in us that he wants us to do. But when we close that door and we keep that, that bad thinking, it really does limit what God wants to do in us. You know, don't expect change if you do nothing about how you think. Remember, verse 2 from chapter 12, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You might be used to the old NIV, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are a couple of practical things we can do to change how we think. This I hope you find these helpful because this is something that I've been trying to do myself. They're very simple but practical things. So how can I change my thinking? Number one, we have to interrupt my wrong thinking. You know, when I find myself thinking badly or inappropriately, inappropriately about someone, I have to catch myself. I've got to stop myself. You know, in mid-thought or if you're saying it out loud, in mid-sentence if it needs to be. I'm going to stop that thought, that bad thought. When I find myself thinking lies about myself or having doubts about God's love you know, and what he has promised and his faithfulness, my eternity, his, my calling in my life, I'm going to interrupt those thoughts because they're not truth. They're just my bad thinking. I'm going to interrupt them. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to divert them. I'm going to divert my thinking to a better path. If I'm constantly thinking badly about someone, I can interrupt those thoughts and divert my thinking and instead come up with something positive I can think about or say about that person. This is ridiculously simple, I know. And you're thinking, you know, I came here for a deep sermon today, Pastor. I'm just telling you right now that this is a really hard thing to do and yet it's very simple and very powerful. I'm going to start thinking about what I appreciate about that person. I might even take some time to send a word of encouragement to them or do something practical during the week. If you get a word of encouragement from me this week, it's not because I'm thinking badly about you, okay? I just like to do that. But that would be a way of diverting my thinking to a better path. Our minds are trained to think in patterns. They get stuck thinking a certain way. You know, it can become addictive to think negatively about others. It really can. And about ourselves. Getting a pathway in our mind to take a new path is actually very hard work. There is some science behind that, by the way, which I won't get into today, but that is the reality of it. But it can be done with the Holy Spirit's help. He has promised to us to give us the power to make these changes. You know, God would not have said these things to us if it wasn't possible, okay? With the Holy Spirit's help, and I promise you, when we change that thinking, that bad thinking, it's rewarding and it's freeing. All right, number three. This is a big one. Modify what goes into your mind. 
This comes again from uh, chapter 12 when Paul said, don't copy the behaviours of the world. Now, I told you before I was going away on leave that I, was, I wouldn't have my phone so that you knew you wouldn't be able to contact me. And you know, there was an ulterior motive. I can't remember if I shared part of that motive. But the simple fact is, and, and this is a confession to you, I, I struggle with looking at my phone way too much. Way too much. And I wanted just to see what it was like having 12 days without that thing. And it was really good. And it was really hard as well. You know, I had to learn to sit on a beach and just stare out into the water and do nothing else. And, you know, oh, it's not there. Oh, it's not there. That was good for me because I'm putting too much of the wrong thing into this mind. You know, I've come to realize, realize that I've trained my mind whenever I sit down to pick up my phone and to look at the news. I'm probably not as big on social media as I once was, mostly reading the news. Um, there's YouTube videos, channels that I love that are kind of around my interests and stuff like that. Even when I can't find anything to look at on that stupid thing, I've still got it in front of me. But I'm putting the wrong stuff in my, in my mind. You know, I've developed a pattern that I need to break. That's the behavior of this world. And it's affecting me far too much. I share that because I think a lot of you probably have the same struggle. You know, those things are in of themselves are fine. You can have interests on YouTube and you can read the news on your phone and all those sorts of things. They're fine. But they become patterns of the world. There's no way to sugarcoat it. But the old saying of garbage in, garbage out is true, isn't it? If I'm filling my mind with garbage, you might notice. If you're doing the same thing, I might notice. Because what we put in here affects here. And usually what happens here then kind of comes out here in some other way. The world is trying to subtly wire our thinking in a way that uh, too often it doesn't align with God's way. His way is the way to healthy thinking, the way to peace and life, according to Paul. I get no peace staring at that silly phone, right? It doesn't bring me any life. Nothing. So what do we feed our minds with? All the good things of this world. Fill it with Jesus. Fill it with your family. Fill it with adventure. Fill it with life. Fill it with your kids your aunts, your uncles, your good friends. Fill it with serving other people and blessing. What are you feeding your mind with this week that you can put a stop to? I'm going to give you that challenge. But I want to finish today with a very specific renovation that some of you need to hear. And it's on the area of guilt. I want to finish on this today. Or more specifically, those who are carrying guilt who shouldn't be. Because I've met enough people in my times of pastoral care 
who are carrying around guilt that they shouldn't be to know that many of you here today are probably, you have that struggle. Guilt in of itself is actually a healthy thing. It has a purpose. Guilt is what leads us back to God, you know, out of bad behavior, out of sinful patterns. The correct response to guilt is confession. Confession to God, or if you've done something by someone else, confess, confession to them. The word says you should confess to one another. If you've offended someone, you should confess and apologize. If you've done something wrong to someone, you should confess and, and seek forgiveness. Confession leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to freedom. And there can be freedom to, to be had for that guilt that you're carrying around. But here's what I've noticed. Too many people hold on to their guilt. Now, I know we've, we've all done things we regret. I know we've often had to pay some consequences for those things. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly why God says, get out of that sinful life because of the consequences that you will have to pay. But you have to hear this today. Christ died at a very, very high cost for that thing you did. You know, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, what if I was, what if I put myself in Jesus' shoes just for a second? I, I loved you so much. I didn't want you in the bondage of those things anymore, the, the consequences for your sin, that I'm just... I'm, I will pay a price on that cross and, it will, and I will suffer and it will, be, it will be a high cost and I'll die. So that you can be free. And I bring you that gift out of joy and excitement. Look what I've done for you. You can be forgiven and free. Only to have some people say that's not enough the cross is enough this is why I think it's a false guilt it's a burden you don't have to carry I think it, it grieves God when we don't receive it in the way he wants us to and he wants us to receive it in the full and be free but we don't forgive ourselves the cross is enough the cross completely renovates the way we think about our past. The cross brings freedom through new life and peace for the now and hope for our future. Church, I say to you today, receive it. There couldn't be a higher price to pay for it. Receive it. Tell yourself over and over until your mind gets the message. Renovate your mind. Let God transform you. Find the peace and life that God wants for you today. We're going to be praying soon. We're going to sing a great song about God's faithfulness. I want you to sing out loudly. And when it finishes, there'll be a prayer team here. And if you need to confess, you can do that today. Confess, be forgiven. Be free. If you need healing, you know, up here, 
help with that renovating, perhaps, they will, we will pray that prayer of healing over you today as well. If you can't forgive yourself, we'll ask God to help you. And if you want that freedom, we'll pray with you. You can come now, team. Let's pray. Lord, I want to... Uh, I want to take on this challenge about how we think. I want to capture, Lord, all the thoughts that don't align with the truth of you and and who I am before you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray you'll help me and you'll help all of us um, to to dispel with those wrong thoughts, the bad thinking, and to live that life that life of peace that you, you promised us in your word just then, that life to the full. Help us, Lord, to receive the truth of who you are and what you have done for us. I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you will come now in your church, in power, and where we need, where you know we need you, Lord. You will pour out your spirit. The cross has the power to renovate our past. And set us free today. And give us hope for the future. And I thank you, Lord, that that is who you are. You are faithful. Amen. Amen.